Hello and welcome to the Spiritual Solopreneur Podcast. Today my guest is Sunny Von Mutius. Sunny is an intuitive strategist. She's masterful at guiding people through the integration of spirituality into their individual and business lives. Sunny's rich experience includes a corporate career, retirement at age 32, and four years as a full-time nomad. Always finding an unexpected path forward, Sunny has gathered stories and tools along the way to share, including certifications ranging from project management to Reiki. Sunny loves playing in the space between a masculine and feminine approach to the world. Welcome, Sunny. Hi. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I'd like to address something uh, in your intro that uh, caught my attention that you were able to retire at age 32. First of all, congratulations. Secondly, um, it's not unheard of for people to be able to retire at at a young age, but it's uh, certainly not the norm. And um, I'm thinking that the tendency would be, maybe I'm just talking about me, but I'm thinking the tendency would be to, once you get to that point, to kind of say, hey, let's keep it going. You know, how how much more can we make, accumulate? How many times can I retire kind of thing? And I know you were, um, you know, doing very well in your corporate career. You were working with brands like Disney and uh, others. And, but you decide to call it quits. And I'm wondering if there was some defining moment or experience that kind of convinced you to pivot from all of that to basically spirituality. Yeah, it was, um, it's a great question. Thank you. It, it was a long journey. It wasn't an overnight thing, right? So when I left corporate, there was a series of, of events um, and I, I was presented with a package and I could choose to stay into a promotion or to take this package. The package was considered a formality. Um, and when I took those numbers to my financial planner and like looked at the reality of it being only 32, right? There's about 30 plus years of, of interest to gain there. And when we ran the numbers, he was like, you could live a very comfortable life off of this. And it was like this little light bulb went off of like, okay, so if, if my life when I'm 60 something is taken care of, I get to do all sorts of cool stuff in between now and then, but I, I only need to worry about my here and now. Right. So that's how I interpret retired is my future is taken care of and I can focus on my here and now. And there was a big shift for me um, towards spirituality about three years after that I had been called into applying my business primarily with nonprofits um, my business skills, right? I was pulling all those corporate skills and applying them with nonprofits because nonprofits deserve to be abundant and prosperous too, right? Yeah. Um, and there was there was just a couple of key conversations with people that I don't even know anymore. Do you know how that happens where it's like that right person at that right time that like causes that light bulb? And in some ways that's like their only purpose in moving <laughs> through your space, right? It's like that one pivotal, seemingly inconsequential comment a little um, angel comes through and then yeah. it's gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I would like to think I've been that for others too, right? Sure. Like it's just, you know, how we are sometimes as humans. Mm-hmm. Um, but they brought to my attention that I had all this spiritual stuff that was going on in my personal life 
And I talked about it a lot amongst my friends and my other communities. But when it came to my business, I had it in my head that I had to stick in this sort of masculine um, sort of girl boss space that I had used and served me in corporate. And they were like, what, it, what would it look like if you just allowed yourself to fully align in every area of your life? And I was like, why well, do that? And they were like, um, they held up a little mirror. And so that was sort of the beginning of that next phase of just acknowledging all of who I am and all of that I can bring to the table. Um, and it's been pretty darn juicy since. Awesome. Yeah. Nonprofits, uh, they make a profit. They should be making a profit. <laughs> well, they sort, can't, right? they can't, they can't declare a profit on their taxes, right? Like there's, there is that, but that doesn't mean they can't be incredibly abundant and pay their people fair wages, livable wages, and, you know, really make a difference in the area they're in. So yeah, I really enjoy supporting organizations and doing that. You got to be fruitful yourself before you can help somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another thing I must ask is uh, you are a minister of metaphysics. I'm in school to become one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What exactly is that? Sounds very cool. What is it? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So I'm in a master's program headed towards ordination. Um, so I will have gone through seminary and the movement or modality that I'm studying within specifically takes a metaphysical approach to the Bible. And so sort of the core tenet there that really resonates with me is that we all have God consciousness within us. And so, you know, whenever we're maybe singing worship songs or saying, you know, oh, God, help me every time I hear that word God, I think self, right? And then that also means that there's that God self within every person I interact with. Um, And I know there's, you know, there's a Bible verse that says from Jesus to treat every man you encounter as if he were me. And that's how I interpret that, right? Every person I encounter has that same um, source or God consciousness within. And so, yeah, I'm doing the formal study to have that sort of, um, accolade and credential, which is unusual for me. I have the school of life as my big, you know, my big background. Um, but in this case, I feel really called to go through that formal education process and it's been very transformational already. I'm about halfway through. Wow. What will you be able to do with that? I mean, can you marry people or something? Or- <laughs> yes, but I can already marry people. Cause you can do that off the internet, right? Okay. Like- <laughs> I've already been asked to do that. And I'm, I'm actually a dudist priestess, which is a whole nother story. Um, oh. But it's, it's essentially a, an, an organization based on the big Lebowski and doesn't take itself very seriously at all. And you can get ordained in order to marry people effectively. Um, so what I could do inside of the movement I'm studying within is have a church if I wanted to. Um, but essentially, I don't know what I will do with it. I mean, yes, I can marry people. Yes. I could potentially be asked to preside over a celebration of life or a funeral. Um, I, but it's, it's really just that calling. I feel deep within to get that education. Um, and some of the spaces I play within, I think that it might, um, it might enable people to let their guard down and trust me in a way that they wouldn't otherwise to allow me to make a difference with them. Gotcha. So I'm just following the guidance because I've learned through many tribulations that when I don't listen to God's spirit source, they have a way of making it happen. The more I resist, the more painful 
so to speak, that gets. So I'm like, I'm just going to, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I'm, yes. Okay. <laughs> I will, I will do the thing. <laughs> not asking questions at this point. <laughs> it's none of my business. Just follow That's instructions right. sometimes. That's right. Yeah. How, how do you hear the messages? Do you just feel something or like you said, somebody shows up or? Yes. All of the above. Mm-hmm. All of the above. Um, the most, the common threat, sometimes I hear a voice, right? The first time I felt called to go find a formal education program around ministry, I was, it's very cliche, but I was sitting on the edge of the Grand Canyon meditating and it was almost like there was a voice in the wind. It's so cheesy. I hate how cliche <laughs> it is, but it's the reality, right? So um, I, I felt like there was a voice in the wind, like a, a, a thought was implanted in my head that was not my own for sure. Cause that is not something I would come up with on my own, right. um, that I needed to go find a school and actually get ordained. But other times it's just shown up as that like persistent thought that I'm like, get out of here. I don't like you. Right. For a long time, I had a thought like I needed to stop drinking alcohol. And at the time I was in the research process to be, um, a co-founder of a brewery. So I was very into, I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I can't stop drinking alcohol. Like get out of my head, get out of my head. I don't like that thought. Um, but within a few years of that thought showing up, I actually had a really big sick, you know, those big sicks that are kind of scary and there wasn't, um, it wasn't cancer or anything. God, unfortunately, uh, fortunately for me, but, um, it did lead to the fact that my liver was in failure and my, my, I'm clear that my body and my subconscious have been trying to tell me for a long time, we need some support. We need some support. And like I said, when you don't listen, you know, you kind of get that V8 to the forehead moment. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, that was, that was a message for me of, you know, that early on gentle message. So they show up in all sorts of different ways for me anyway. Fortunately, the liver is one that will regenerate itself if you if you start behaving, <laughs> if you start Absolutely. taking care of it, it will regenerate itself. So, yeah, yeah. awesome. So, in your business now, um, what what do you? I, I was gonna I was gonna say, I believe that what you do is help people get into or get back into spiritual alignment. But maybe I should let you tell us what you do. yeah thanks i um i play in that space between masculine and feminine energy and invite others to do the same um and so you could look at it as getting people back into alignment everybody resonates with different verbiage here um the way i like to look at it is i help you remember who you truly are and then live from that space and a lot of us in today's Western culture are conditioned that a masculine approach is the key to success. And by masculine, I don't mean gender. Um, I mean, energetic and the masculine energy really serves in a lot of cases, but it's that yeah. there might only be room for one of us at the top. So I need to make sure I'm the one that gets there. There's also the um, like push to make it happen. That aggressive, assertive, like, yes, let's do this. Versus the feminine approach is much more of a pull or an invitation in. I will make the space for you to step into. And there's a belief that everybody can get to the top and both serve. Yeah, they both serve. Um, and I feel like in Western culture, especially that feminine approach is perceived as weak and we've lost touch with how much power is available from that space. And so I work with people in their businesses and their lives to remember 
that feminine energy within and how to strategically apply that and live from that. And that comes through practical spirituality, as well as all of my background in project management and corporate, right? There's a way in which I'm able to bring a real application element of how, okay, it's in your head, but how do you get it in your heart and then out into your life? That's, that's an awesome combination of those two energies. Um, yeah. And, and women, do you find that women and or people running spiritual businesses have the, have a harder time combining the two appropriately? Because to me, like those, those kinds of people are more on the feminine side, not obviously not gender, but as you're explaining it, the feminine side. Yeah. I think that there's, um, and I struggle with it myself too, right. Of like going, going over the line and having a hard time flirting with the line of into my masculine, especially in marketing. Right. So, um, yeah, I I do think that's true. I think there's also like a whole, um, there's a misnomer. There's a misnomer that it's not okay to put ourselves out there and to promote ourselves in a assertive and clear way when we're in the spiritual world, right? It's like, we just kind of put our website up and we put our little placard up and, you know, okay, universe, bring me the clients. And that's like, I always say affirmations and science, right? So yes, affirm that the right clients will find you and create a space where they can step into. And you have to take action, right? You have to put yourself out there. You have to make the request. You have to ask. And so I think it can be a very challenging line to sort of dance within as a spiritual business owner. And do you help with the actual um, strategic part of the masculine side? You know, okay, you need to be on LinkedIn or you need to, you know, whatever it is, right? I mean, you've got that kind of background as well. Yeah. As far as marketing goes. I do. I do. Um, I'm not an expert in many things. I just know enough to sort of nudge. My my real lane is strategic advisory and project management. So organization of thoughts and operational systematic automations, that sort of thing. But I know enough to nudge in the right direction and to identify for someone when they really need education or to delegate, right? Like this is clearly not your zone of genius and you need it. So either let's get you a class, let's get you a mentor, or let's get you you know, somebody that you can offload this to. Um, and I tend to really resonate for people who identify as highly analytical or neurodivergent, neurospicy. Um, I do work with some fellow, you know, spiritual entrepreneurs or solopreneurs, but most of who is attracted to me is, is actually not that is the people who are in the opposite extreme of being so in their masculine that they're starting to feel out of alignment in that regard. Um, but I, you know, I love working equally with both sides. So, yeah, we just, we just had a thumbs up. I don't know if, um, we're being zoom bombed here or something, but oh my, <laughs> that's funny. I don't see anyone else in the room either. I wonder if it was, um, you know, spirit jumping in and getting Maybe some encouragement. So. <laughs> just as you were talking, a big thumbs up came over. <laughs> that's so funny. We shall see. We shall see. <laughs> My next question was going to be, um, how do I know if I need you? What, what, what would be a symptom? Yeah. I think a symptom of needing someone like me, at least, um, is that 
I'll say it a few different ways. The first is a, a feeling of resistance. Like everything you try to do, you're just hitting a wall. Everything feels harder than it air quotes should be right. Like yeah. everything feels like a heavy lift, which then leads to burnout. Right. But it's like, I'm doing what everyone's telling me to do. And yet I'm still burnt out. And it's because you're on that hamster wheel, pushing, 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 right. That masculine energy. Um, another way to look at it is if you feel like you're in constant firefighting mode, you're always reacting to the stimulus or the situations being put in front of you. And you're never quite able to get to that point where you're proactive and you're designing and really stepping back and setting your goals and being creative and generative. It's just like one emergency after another, or one launch that creeps up on you, right? Like, oh, now I got to focus on this because it launches in two weeks. And oh, now I got to focus on this. And you never get to the point where you're like, oh, I had a whole year to plan this and to create the space where the right clients could show up instead of having to go out and aggressively recruit them. Right. So there's that like firefighting place, or there's that like space of resistance are the mm -hmm. two really clear indicators that someone like me could be of support. Either personally or in business, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. All yeah. those Sometimes things Sometimes it's both. <laughs> <clears throat> or both. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, I love the comment that you made that um, the best way to predict the future is to create it for yourself. So uh, what kind of tools do you use to help people create the lives that they want or should be having? Yeah, this is a great question. Um, I, I, I said that. <laughs> yes, sure you I did. did. <laughs> I'm sure it sounds like something I would say. Sounds like um, something you would say. Right? Yeah. I, I often say, if you don't define the path, someone else will. Um, mm. but yeah, that sounds like something Similar. I would say too. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think people are always looking for, it's human nature. We want a quick fix. You know, we want that silver bullet. We want that like aha moment. And I tend to play more in the long game right? It's a slow roll. So if you really want that shift where you're getting to predict your own future, it has to start with small shifts in how you treat yourself and how you en enable your thought life to go. So I talk a lot with my clients about noticing, building your noticing muscle, noticing when you're overstimulated, noticing when you're feeling resistance, noticing what your body feels like when you're bumping up against burnout. And over time, as you build that noticing muscle, what you're also starting to notice is where do I have a choice about how this is going to go? Where do I have a choice in how I'm going to be about this? And as you start to move more and more into that space, you start to give yourself time, create time and resources for yourself to where you can sit back and go, okay, this is how I choose my future is going to look and then live into that as a possibility Versus being constantly hit with that wall of not yet, not yet, too hard, too hard. Um, so it's not, you know, a quick magical solution, but that's where the strategic part comes in, right? Is that it, if you want real, true, lasting change, it's pretty unusual to find that in a one day class or a quick conversation, right? We talked earlier about sometimes it does happen, but oftentimes it's that slow, gradual commitment to self that will get you to where you can be in that space of feeling like you really do get to predict your own future. Right. I mean, you have to know where you're at to begin with, mm -hmm. which is where the noticing comes in before you can then say, okay, oh yeah, I'm, I'm there. Don't like it. <laughs> yeah. What are we going to do instead? Kind of thing. Yeah. 
Um, it's the don't like it part that we often kind of get stuck in and versus the go find a solution for it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It just goes round and round. Don't like it. Don't like it. Don't like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've mentioned also, do, do, do you recall uh, saying something about seasonal alignment? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So this is the second, uh, you're talking about that is the second time I've heard about it's only the second time I've heard that phrase, but I've heard it twice, twice very recently. So it's probably something that I need to pay attention to, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so what yeah. is that all about? Yeah, sure. I tend to play the rule of threes if it shows up three times. So I would say, yeah, you're on the right track uh, there. Uh, on the way. I imagine there'll be another yeah. one at some point. Yeah. Um, so for me, seasonal alignment is it's back to that noticing muscle and looking for a way to step out of resistance. The, the planet is actually providing us with a blueprint on how to flow with the cycle of life that is ever present around us. And so there are certain energies that each season brings with it for the planet. And we're a part of that. So for example, as we record this, it's winter. And winter is really inviting us to slow down, to hibernate, to incubate, and to go into deep self-reflection and to really kind of consider the big picture of our life and are our actions in alignment with who we say we are in the world to really get clear on our priorities. So that comes spring, we're well positioned to plant seeds, generate new ideas, move into that expansive action. And yet our culture says January New year, new you, make big, huge changes in your life. And it's no wonder that we struggle so mightily to keep those resolutions because that's not actually what the planet is supporting us in doing, at least not in the Northern hemisphere. Yeah. Um, so that's what seasonal alignment means to me and how I work with it myself very much. So it's a very big part of my family's life, but also with my clients is tapping into what's happening in the world around you and how can you align yourself to that energy and use it as a support system to step out of resistance and into flow with the physical, natural world around you. Right. I mean, it's so hilarious because we just had Christmas and and all that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a little bit of a frenzy about it, but it's basically a stoppage. It's really basically a stoppage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then all of a sudden January hits and you're supposed to be hit, you know, hitting the ground running. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm just waking up here. Yeah, it is. It is. And like so many of us need to to restore and reset after the holidays, whether or not you love it, you're an extrovert and it's like fills you up or you're an introvert and you're like over peopled out either way. Most of us need to sort of rest and restore. and, And if you've got kids, get them back on a schedule. Even if you don't have kids, get ourselves back on a schedule, reset our bodies after all that delicious, rich food we ate. Right. Right. And yet we're hit with get back to work. You got a pile of work waiting for you. Set resolutions, make big changes, get in the gym, quit smoking, all the things, right? And so <laughs> quit smoking. Our poor bodies, you know, and we know, we know statistically that the best way to implement a habit or change a habit is slowly over time. If we take on too much, we just can't, our, our brains cannot scientifically handle that much change. And yet that's, you know, what we allow mostly the media and society to pressure us into doing. Um, and so, yeah, I really encourage my clients and the people I work with to take winter as a self-reflection time. In fact, most of my clients have pivoted to where 
their budget year starts the first of spring Mm -hmm. because that's a good time to implement and move forward with new things. So obviously they have to wrap their books up in January for tax purposes, but they use the rest of the winter and early spring to really do their planning. And then they sort of launch their new budget year from a planning cycle in the spring. And that's really supported by the Northern hemispheres seasonal cycle. Right. Awesome. Well, speaking of uh, seasons and weather and so on and the planet, um, I don't know if you've heard about the big earth reset that is happening now or the ascension or whatever um, is the correct term where um, I guess, you know, I've, I've asked numerous people about their take on it and, and everybody has a little slightly different, different idea about it, but it basically comes down to the vibration is rising and more and more people are raising their vibrations and becoming attuned spiritually and, and things like that. And the, and the science is coming, uh, coming toward it as well and realize the science is even realizing um, that we live in a field and, and that kind of thing. So, um, but what it all means, uh, for us in our lifetime, I'm not sure. Do you have any, any ideas on what, what might be in store because of it? Yeah, that's a big question. I think, um, I think from my perspective, there's this great book called pendulum. It's a very deep, heady, you know, analytical academic, huge text, Um, But in it, the author suggests that there is an 80 year swing where we go from highs and lows as a society. And he looks at the different um, sort of elements of up leveling in like the industrial revolution, the technology revolution and the downswings that come between it. Um, And that doesn't mean we can't shift that model. I also think about um, spiral dynamics and the idea that we're kind of, have you heard of this term before? Mm -mm. It's really fascinating. Um, There's a couple of different big names in the field that, of course, are not going to come to my mind right now because I want them to, (laughs) but I could send them to you for your show notes if you like. Um, But it's this concept that we're kind of working our way in a spiral, not a direct, it's not a direct line, right? We're working our way in a spiral. And every time you kind of come around the circle, there's a, there's positive and negative is not the right term, but an, an enjoyable experience and a not so enjoyable experience. And that we're constantly seeing things from new lenses. So as we go up the spiral and increase our consciousness, we're going to experience the same problems again and again. We're just going to have a different consciousness from which we can address them. And Hmm. so I think it's, I just don't think time is as linear as we like to make it as humans. Right. Um, And I feel like we've been here before as a human race, this opportunity to step into a different approach, a different level of consciousness higher and lower can be a little tricky, right? Cause that has a binary implication. Right. Um, but you know, stepping into our truer, truer selves, our truer natures. Um, and I, I don't know if we have enough mind substance and collectiveness around it. Um, and if we do personally, my intuition, I don't love this and I don't, I'm not necessarily wanting to put energy behind it. It's just what feels true to me is that it's going to have to get a little bit worse before it can get better. I think there's still a pretty big wound that needs to be cleaned in order to heal. And I think that our opportunity as humans is to be honest about that and acknowledge the wound and be a part of that cleaning process. 
so that we can create a good environment for healing and for regeneration, right? When there's a wound, you, you want to keep it clean and dry mm-hmm. so that the body can generate new cells to heal that wound. And so I think on a collective level, that's kind of where we're at is we have the opportunity to choose to keep it clean and allow healing. And I, for one, am wanting to be a part of that sort of, you know, action squad. (laughs) I don't want to keep it dirty and and keep digging in and, you know, letting it fester. I want to be a part of the team that's like, all right, let's heal this puppy and support some, some growth and regeneration. Right. And that's sort of the masculine feminine again, that the masculine side is there's some practical things that need to be done here before we can start, you know, doing all this vibration sort of stuff. Right? Yeah, for sure. And there's, you know, there's also a piece of this too, that I think can easily step over the systemic issues that we're dealing with. Like it's really easy as as spiritual people to talk about the vibrational increase. And in the real world, people are still experiencing very very impactful systemic oppression. Yeah. So that, you know, shift in consciousness isn't impacting them just yet. And so I think until that starts, we start to really dismantle those systemic oppressive systems. um, We're not really going to be able to experience that collective increase in consciousness because some people are so stuck in their human existence because of the oppression that they are um, experiencing that they're not able to come with us. It's really hard to raise your consciousness when you're not sure how you're going to pay your bills. Exactly. exactly. When you're choosing that, that's different than if yeah. you're being, you know, pigeonholed into that. So yeah, I think it's a very complex topic though. I love that it's one that you dabble in. Yeah. And and I think that um, you know, it's 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 not okay to just say, well, you know, those of us who are enlightened are are going to be fine and the rest won't be. No, wait a minute, it doesn't quite work that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work. Um, so can you offer us just a couple of um, practical tips, a couple of things that, that people can do today to, you know, start get start creating that future that they want to be? Yeah, and they're going to be, they're really simple. You know, they're really simple. They're not big, complex things. Um One of the most powerful things is to implement a practice of whenever you shift gears in your day, whether that be from email to a client call, from sitting in front of your computer to a restroom break, pause and take three deep breaths. It's that simple. It's going to bring you back to your body, back, give your mind just a second to reset, right? It's going to give your soul a minute to speak to you. And if you start doing that, it can easily grow into a meditation practice. People think meditation has to look a certain way. And there's so many different ways you can start. And three deep breaths is one. So just, you know, close your eyes, three deep, deep belly breaths, and then move on. It's that simple. That can make a massive shift in how your day goes. So that's my number one tip. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just got the thumbs up again. So... (laughs) Some universe or somebody is agreeing with you. I'll take it. I'll take, we'll take it. it. We'll take it. <laughs> um, you do do oracle readings. So I was thinking maybe we could pull a couple of cards for uh, whoever's watching yeah. as a, a bit of a message for today. Sure thing. Let me see which deck I feel called to. Let's see. What deck That's is a good question. <laughs> 
think we're going to use not really intended to be an oracle deck, but I love to use it that way. It's the archetype cards from Carolyn Mace. Okay. She's a teacher that I really enjoy following and she has mm -hmm. a deck of her archetypes and I find it to be a very powerful, get them out of here. So yeah, let me just give it a quick shuffle and we'll see what comes up. Okay. So, all right, we have the lover, the prostitute and the damsel. How interesting. <laughs> A feminine perceived yeah. feminine energy in there huh definitely um all right so the lover i'll show the card pretty and it talks about the shadow and the light of the archetype but the lover archetype is you know that um that a lot of passion right passion for and a deep affinity for and when it's in its light is like that unbridled appreciation for something, mm -hmm. right? But when it's in the shadow, it can be almost like an obsessive, like that stalker creeper vibe, right? <laughs> well, it's how, pretty far. How right? apropos. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, it can quickly, quickly change, right? From love mm -hmm. and adoration to back off lady mm -hmm. um, or guy. Um so, yeah, what I see in that is that there's, there's a way in which we are being invited to step beyond that. And what I hear in that is to step beyond the, the deep unbridled passion into action, mm -hmm. right? If, 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 if you, you're really passionate about something, but you're not doing anything about it, eventually it can become a little creepy, yes. right? Um, and that doesn't have to be a human, right? It can be your business. It can be an education element. It can even be nature, right? If you go too far with something, it starts to detract. Um, and then we have the prostitute, which is always fun to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, the mm. prostitute is really about where are you willing to uh, give up your sense of integrity for, for abundance, for usually financial abundance, right? Where are you right. willing to sell your soul to make more money is really what it comes down to. Um, and I think, I think that goes back to what you're we talking about with the earth reset of how we're being given an opportunity collectively right now to decide where are we willing to sacrifice our authenticity, our, our truth, our source in order to have immediate results. Yeah. Right. Cause the immediate thing that might feel good is, is to ignore the wound, pretend like it doesn't exist. Right. And if we do that, it's just going to get worse. Right. So that's what I see in that. Mm -hmm. um, and the next gratification. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Even if we know that it's not the right thing to do, but doing the right thing takes a lot and sometimes requires us to give up something, especially when we think about systemic oppression. Some of us are going to have to be willing to give up in order for there to be uh, a redistribution. And so there's a lot packed Correct. in there. Correct. Um, and then we have the damsel. Hmm. The damsel is about being rescued, right? Hmm. And so in its in its healthy attribute, it's healthy romance and being your own rescuer, right? Being able to rescue yourself. And then in the shadow, you have the damsel in distress waiting and waiting and waiting for their knight to come <laughs> save them. And yeah. you're like, save yourself, honey, <laughs> right? 
Um, and so again, I think that that points to a future for us collectively or as individuals where we can do a quick assessment of where do I keep waiting for someone else to show up? Where am I in that victim mentality um, where I'm waiting for something outside of me to come and be the resolution and move this thing forward? And are you able to notice that and pivot it to where you either ask for help? Sometimes we sit there, oh, 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 where is, where are they? Who's going to save me? We're not asking anyone to come help us, right? So where can we shift into that mentality where we can either save ourselves or maybe actually ask for help? right? And go recruit the sources and resources that are needed to move that dial. Or, so. or ask, you know, what, what are those resources? Point mm-hmm. me to the resources at least. Yeah. That's a great yeah. way, way place to start. Yeah. So that's what came up for us in awesome. the Colomace archetype deck. Awesome yeah. messages. Thank you very much. Thank yeah. you for that. And Sunny, where can people find out more about you and, and your services and your classes and you have classes and and sessions and workshops and things yeah sure thanks for that opportunity um the best place to go honestly is social.wildflowerstrategy.com wildflower strategy is the name of my company but if you go to social.wildflowerstrategy.com that has links to all of my social media whatever your preferred platform is um there's a link there to schedule a quick phone call with me links to all my classes you know that's just kind of the hub of where everything is because oh. i am on most of the social media platforms it just depends on where you like to hang out right awesome well sunny thank you so much for being here uh i know you like to tell dad jokes do you have a dad joke for us <laughs> I, do. I love me a good dad joke um let's see what do you call a nosy pepper don't know jalapeno business <laughs> nice so cheesy. you can't help nice. yourself <laughs> it is that is dad joke cheesy all the way <laughs> they make me happy yes. <laughs> they're great thank you so much <laughs> appreciate it and thank you for being here thank you so much for having me this has been so much fun All right, and we will talk to you again later.